Mm, thank God for coffee. Thank God for coffee. Episode nine. Welcome. We're excited. Big things are happening today. My son here. I'm here. And we're ready to go. Big things are happening. We keep just getting good people reaching out, telling us that they are having a great time with the podcast and that it's been a major blessing. If you have Facebook, please look up Thank God for Coffee Podcasts and give us a follow. And I'm telling you, it really helps us out. If you have Instagram, Thank God for Coffee Podcasts as well. Go ahead and uh, like and, and follow. And anytime you have an opportunity to share the podcast, share the podcast. Share it. I'm telling you, we are dealing hope. Come on now. Everybody needs it today. And um, I'm telling you, last, last episode, episode seven, we went over some important stuff in regards to Jesus and um, doing his first public miracle. And now we're going to go into a portion of scripture that is not so popular, but equally as important and uh, very, 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 I should say, eye-opening. Many people always, uh, you hear all the time, you, you hear about Jesus's grace, you think you hear about his love, you think about um, just how he's an open door and willing to love on everybody, but at the same time, he did have his expectations and he, he was um, zealous. We are going to talk about that word zeal. Amen. And um, so just, you know, I've been talking to different people and I just keep hearing about, oh, you know, every time I listen to the, the podcast, I, I feel God's peace. I feel his joy. I feel like um, I'm getting uh, a lot of uh, information and, and I'm applying it to my life. That's what I've heard more than anything. And I, I, like I told you before, either people are being really nice to me or this has just turned out to be a really good blessing. I, I can honestly tell you that um, I never thought that we would be growing at the rate that we are growing, which is amazing. I, I mean, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. And I want you to know that I am the type of person that I want to just honor God and I want to please the Lord with everything that that um, he has given me, and, and I want to be able to be a blessing to everybody. Amen? So we're going to go right into it. I know what you guys have been waiting for. I had a friend tell me today, oh, I got two of your coffee facts right. <laughs> well, we're on episode eight, so this is going to be the eighth fact. Interesting fact of coffee regarding the coffee today. Okay. Here we go. If you were drinking coffee in the 17th century in the Ottoman Empire, what would happen to you? If you were drinking coffee in the 17th century Ottoman Empire, what would happen to you? And I promise you, you're probably not going to get this. It was punishable by death. Punishable by death. Can you believe that? Um, it was thought to be a narcotic, and it was thought to be a, uh, something of a mind-altering drug. So praise the Lord that we're not living in the 17th century Ottoman Empire, because I'd be in jail right now. <laughs> My son. Wow. Wow. It's okay. It's okay. The Lord loves me. And um, 
I can honestly say we 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 have a lot of fun with these uh, facts. We have a lot of fun with uh, being able to present them to you. I'm drinking Italian roast today. Uh, the same thing I was drinking in episode seven. And let me tell you, this has been the the hardest coffee. Okay, my wife took a sip and she's like, "Man, that tastes like tobacco." So shout out to uh, brother um, brother Joe and sister Jenny de Santiago that gave me this bag of coffee. I love it, by the way. It is amazing. Hmm. Thank God. No. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, getting into this. John chapter 2. This is going to be really good. I know that you are going to learn something today, and it's going to be a major blessing. Here we go. I'm going to get right into it. Verse 13, and we are going to read to verse 22. I'll go quickly. New King James Version. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the money changers and tore and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Verse 18. So the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? Verse 19, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days. Verse 21, but he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them. And they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Amen. I'm telling you, we live in a day where we think that Jesus doesn't get upset over nothing. Like We, we just think, you know what? He's just happy-go-lucky. God loves you, and everything's going to be all right. You accepted Jesus. You came to the things of the Lord. Well, that's great. Keep living the way that you're, you want to live and keep doing what you want to do. And let me tell you something. The, the, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of power, and it's a kingdom of, tra of transformation. Amen? When you receive this word, now, I I'm going to share something with you. There was a young man that I met. Uh, I probably met him maybe about six or seven months ago. And I knew from meeting him that he was having some troubles. Amen? Troubles that, you know, what our youth uh, battles with today. And honestly... I've seen him come and go into the church and I've seen him want to do good and then I've seen him kind of fall away a little bit. But recently, recently, I can honestly tell you that I have seen such a transformation in him. I'm seeing him with peace. I'm seeing like even the color in his skin is coming back. Like it's, it's so incredible. When you start seeing the change that God starts doing in people, it is a, a true miracle, the changes that he does in people, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. 
when when I was not in the things of God, I I was the type of person that and and I've told you guys this once, you know, I've told you guys this many times. I used to have to drink alcohol every day. And that was just me to function. Like after work, I would always swing by and buy alcohol and that was just my that was what I would do. It was almost like a force of habit, like that's what I would do. And I remember that there was moments where I could wake up in the morning, I could take a shower, and if I was to smell my skin through my pores, I could smell alcohol. And I wasn't under the influence. I just knew that I can faintly smell alcohol coming out of my pores. So I understand that when I start, when I saw this young man, I was so happy to see the transformation of God taking place because I already know that it might, you know, it could be a process. It might take some time, little by little, day by day. Every day is a victory, amen. But God can do the work in you. All you have to do is believe and walk it out. Walk it out. Live it out every single day. Make that decision that today is going to be different than yesterday. Make that decision that today is going to be better than yesterday. And I promise you, if you deposit all of your hope, and I'm, only, I'm not telling you this because it sounds good. I'm telling you this because I lived it. You trust in the Lord. Deposit everything that you have in him, and, and a transformation will come. Amen? So let's get into the scripture. Okay, we look here at, at verse 13. Shout out to that young man. I love you in the Lord. I think I know who you, I think you know who you are. Amen. So verse 13, the Passover is happening. Now, this is what's great about this. Okay. I want you to understand something. When the Passover would come, the Jews would go through their house and they would remove all laven bread, anything that was going to make. And if you don't know what laven is, laven is, is, um, it's like yeast, anything that makes the bread puff up, puff up. Okay, it produces a gas and it makes bread fluffy. So what happened is that they were introduced to this in the when they were in slaves in Egypt. Amen. So it says that when they were told by God to leave, um, they they didn't have time to even wait for the bread to be to 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 receive that gas and to actually bake correctly. So they took unleavened bread. Okay. So you have to understand something. The the eve before Passover, the house is supposed to be cleaned out. And you got to comprehend something, okay? In the things of the Lord, Laban, it, it represents sin. It represents pride. It represents, it represents many things, okay, in our, in our spiritual walk. So when Jesus, it's so funny that he's, he's doing this at the Passover because when everybody's cleaning out their house and remembering, the Passover was a day where they would remember that they were liberated from Egypt. Jesus goes and cleans out his father's house, the temple. Amen. Now you remember, if you remember, I don't remember exactly what episode it was. I told you guys that whenever they were going to offer a sacrifice for the house's sins, see, so the head of the household had to take a sacrifice to the temple and he had to do it in order to have the judgment held back on the sin of the house for a year. So when Jesus sees this temple, and he sees that they're doing business outside the, the doors of the temple. It, it removed the sacrifice that God had instituted in his word. It became almost like, it, it became almost like, hey, you know what? I know that you guys are so busy. You guys are working. You probably, you probably didn't have a little lamb to sacrifice. You probably don't have a dove. 
You probably don't have a sheep, but come on over here to, you know, Sheeps Are Us. And you can buy a sheep here right in front of the, the temple doors. And then you can go and give it to the, to the priests for the sacrifice of your home. That eliminated, it eliminated the whole uh, uh, reason for, for the family to have to take care of this little animal, watch after this little animal, feed this little animal. And um, actually pour love unto that, this little animal. Amen. They were now going to the, to the temple and just purchasing a dove. And there you are. You're good to go. Your sins are held. The, the, the judgment of your sins is held back for a year. So it had eliminated the, the significance. Amen. So this is what made Jesus very angry. And see, this is what you have to comprehend. Our religion is not going to save anyone. Amen? Our traditions, the way we work things out, the way we do things because our parents did them. I remember that when Jesus saved my life, I had grown up, I had grown up in the Catholic Church, but I didn't know why we were Catholic. And I didn't know why we did what we did, and I didn't know why we followed Jesus, and I didn't know any of that. Amen? So there had to be a moment in my life where I had to I had to come to my senses to say, okay, if I really want to change the quality of my life, what, what changes, what mindset do I have to actually take into consideration, take inventory? And when you take inventory, there's going to be things that are going to be eliminated out of your life. Things that are not profitable, things that are not good. Amen. So you got to comprehend that. That there's going to be things that are, have to be removed, almost like when you do a spring cleaning in your house. We just moved into this house not too long ago, and we have boxes everywhere. We, the, I think the reason why we didn't go for video in the podcast is because I didn't want anybody to see the boxes that were in my office. Amen. And as much as I say that there's important stuff in there, I really I need to go through this stuff. Amen. You got to take inventory of things. See, so the same thing is, is spiritually. Jesus was saying, do not make my father's house a place of business. Do not remove the reverence. The right word is reverence. Don't remove the reverence off of what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing. You're listening to this podcast because you want a closer, more intimate relationship with God. Or you're listening to this podcast because you want to know more of the Bible so that eventually you believe the scriptures and what it's saying. Amen. And see, I love this. Look at verse 16. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Verse 17. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Now, right there, they are actually uh, quoting a scripture from the Old Testament. Amen. That is in Psalms 69.9. Amen. And that word zeal, again, remember, Old Testament written in Hebrew. It's written in Hebrew and Aramaic. And then New Testament written in, in Greek. Amen. So the word for zeal in the Old Testament in Hebrew is, is the word kana. And the word kana is more than just zeal. It's like a burning anger. Okay. Imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine you come home one day. And your neighbor has just come into your house and he's invited people over and they're just sitting in your kitchen and they're, they're drinking up your coffee. You know, they're kicking up their feet on the, on the kitchen table, mothers, 
and sisters. Amen. So you got You would not be happy. So Jesus is coming. He's seeing the house of the Lord and he's burning with anger. It's not just like a zeal, like a, hey, you know what? Oh, it's okay. You guys, you know, you'll do better next time. This guy, Jesus, gets a cord, a whip, okay? Like a whip and starts whipping these people and kicking everybody out. Amen. Now, I know that we touched on this in prior episodes. I love See, because you got to comprehend something. You see, the Jews, the Jews wanted to see a sign from Jesus. The Jews, look at verse 18. So the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? So they're saying, well, what gives you this authority? You got to remember, Jesus was a 30-year-old man at this time, right? And in Jewish times, the disciples would have been about 19, 18 years old. They would have been young men. Those were the people that were going to get discipled in Jewish culture. I know a lot of the times we think that the apostles were older men and we see these paintings. You got to remember, Jesus was 30 years old and the disciples were about 18, 19, 20 years old tops. Okay, so you have these older men that are at the temple, older Pharisees, and they're seeing Jesus act this way. And they're saying, who is this young guy? Like, why? Who gives them this authority? Why are you acting this way? So they would ask him for a sign. So the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? And I love Jesus' response. Jesus answers and says to them, destroy this temple. Now they thought that he was, they was talking about the temple. They thought that he was talking about that building, amen? He said, destroy this temple. What was he talking about? His body. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Now you got to understand something, okay? That temple that they were standing outside of in Jerusalem, it took 46 years to build and it took 18,000 workers to build it. So they hear this and they think, oh my, that, whew, yeah, right, Jesus. Because they were thinking about things in the natural. They weren't thinking about things in the spiritual and they didn't know who they were talking to. It was God manifested in the flesh. That's who they were talking to. Look at verse 21. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, see, years later, his disciples, they, they, they remembered this story and they were like, man, so this is what he was talking about all along. Amen. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them. And they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Let me tell you something. The Lord, the Lord wants you to not just accept him, not just follow him. But the Bible says, be holy for I am holy. And see, what does holy mean? Holy doesn't mean that you're excellent. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. Holy means that you're separate. And you might say, well, what does that mean, Pastor Hyman? Being separate is that you don't follow the crowd. Being separate is that you don't think like other people tell you to think. Being separate is understanding and saying, you know what? I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian that follows Christ. I believe in the word of God, and I believe that he's called me to pick up my cross and follow him. 
So you know what? Everybody in the world might be wanting to go a certain way, might be wanting to think a certain way, might be wanting to talk about, you know, certain things that are maybe inappropriate. But you know what? That's not who I am. I'm a child of God. I raise my kids right. I treat my wife with respect. I treat my husband with honor and respect. See, we have to be, this day and age, we have to take a stand. And what do I mean by that? You got to understand something. I think it was Martin Luther King that said it, that the only way we'll ever defeat darkness is with light. See, we can't be more evil than evil to show evil what's good. <laughs> There's just no way. We have to shine our light and be good in order to change the circumstance of evil in our lives. And see, this is what we have to do as the church. And what I mean by the church is I'm not talking a building. I'm not talking an organization. I'm not talking a pastor. I'm not talking a minister. I'm not talking anything like that. You know, when I say the church, you know who I refer to? I refer to you and me. Jesus didn't die for a building. He didn't get crucified for an organization. He didn't get crucified for a 501c. He got crucified for you and me to show an example of love that this world has never seen before and will never see before or will never see again, I'm sorry. So I leave you with this today. Let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. And you might say, well, how do I do that, Pastor Jaime? Love somebody. Don't just love the people in your house, though. See, that's, that's the thing. See, Jesus, there's a portion of Scripture we're going to get into where Jesus says, even you that are evil do good things for your children. He was talking to the, the, the Pharisees. So he was saying, hey, th there is nothing, there is nothing more, more difficult than loving your enemy or loving somebody that's out of your home. Amen. You got to understand something. It's easy to love your children. It's easy to love your spouse. It's easy to love your brother, your sister, that you're, you know, they're your family. That's easy. But how about loving a stranger? And by, by loving a stranger, I'm not, mean, I'm not saying that you're going to you know, go and, and invite them in to live with you. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is maybe praying for somebody. Maybe flashing a nice, beautiful, big smile. Saying hello. You know, a lot. Of, I, I try to say hello all the time to people, and people don't say hello back. Sometimes I look foolish. Amen. There's times that I'm at the gas station and I see somebody and I go, I, I, I will purposely say, hi, hello, how are you? And many times I'm ignored. But you got to understand something. I'm doing it for Christ. I'm doing it because I want to be a light in darkness. Amen. So I leave you with that. Let's be game changers. Let's be world changers, amen? Let's start with our world first. What's our world? Our world is our children. It's our household. It's our workplace. Let's be good people. Let's shine the light of Jesus. Let's go in the name of the Lord. It's okay if you don't know everything. It's okay if you don't know the whole Bible. That's, that's why we're studying. I don't know the whole Bible. I, all I do is I read, I study, I pray, I pray for you guys. And then we do the podcast, and I do it with a good-looking, handsome producer here, my son.
God bless you. I pray you have a wonderful day. I hope that you make a difference out there. I hope that God favors you, that good things happen in your life, and that you live the the transformation of the Son of God. God bless you.